It's an enjoyable thing. I appreciate the presence of the Lord. So good to see everyone that's in God's house today. Lord bless you for coming to the house of the Lord. And uh, we are glad that you're here. To all of our guests that are here, we're honored that you've come to be with us today. And to see the lady with Sister um, Ashcraft this morning. And uh, good to see Brother Chris's parents here today. And uh, everyone else that is here, if you are a guest, we want you to know that we are glad that you've come to worship the Lord together with us. Good to see Brother Mac Daniel in the house of God. Amen. And uh, good to see Brother Tommy here this morning. Been missing him. He's been not sick but working. Glad that he's in the house of God today. Good to see Sister Lori and Walter here in the house of the Lord today. I tell you what, you don't know how good it is to be in God's house, and sometimes we take it for granted until we're not able to go to the house of the Lord. But I am glad that I'm feeling well enough to be in God's house today to worship him. We want to pray for Brother Hicks not feeling well today. Ask God to give him a miracle from heaven. We know a God that is a miracle worker, and we want to pray for the Cook family today. And uh, we lost a wonderful, wonderful man a faithful man of this church this week has gone on to receive his re reward and we want to pray for the family and uh, I tell you what it is uh, saddening I know the day has to come and I know it's appointed unto man once to die and uh, I know that the only way we're going to get from here to glory is by that way but uh, it is very sad when we lose an elderly saint of God that's loved this, this message, that's uh, been faithful, that has been a, a pillar in uh, this church and this community. And uh, we do honor him today. And uh, we do uh, pray that God would strengthen the family. The wake is this evening at Broussard's. And I believe it starts at 5 or 5.30 and uh, goes until 8.30. And uh, we want to, I don't want to do anything that would be a dishonor or disrespect to Brother Cook and this family or to uh, God in this church. But I have felt um, uh, in my spirit that it would be good. Uh, I know there's a lot of you that would want to be there. I'm going to have to be there. And, uh, I, of course, not have to be there. It's necessary that I be there, but also want to be there. And uh, so what we're going to do this evening, the church will be open uh, for prayer. And uh, you come by the church and pray. And uh, we're going to all go over uh, to Bruce Ards and support the Cook family tonight. And uh, he's been very faithful to this church for many, 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 many years. And uh, I don't think that it would hurt us to go over and help celebrate his life that has been lived and support that family. So that's what we will do this evening. And uh, I know a lot of the Sunday school teachers are not in right now, but you can pass the word. I never, I never have to uh, get on the phone and too much remind people that we're not having church. But um, it's been a many a time that I have to get on the phone and remind people that we are having church. And uh, so <clears throat> anyway, remember that there will be church here Wednesday night. I know the 4th of July is coming up Thursday. I know a lot of you's got a busy week, many things planned, uh, but uh, I will be here at church Wednesday night, and so the doors will be open, and uh, so all of you that can make it uh, be faithful to the house of God. If you've got vacation or time, I know a lot of people's already on vacation. It is summertime. How many has recognized that it's summertime? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, it felt good this morning, though. Early this morning, it didn't take it long to change, but it did feel good uh, starting out the morning. And uh, so uh, be very careful this week. It's a time of celebration uh, for the country. I do thank God for this country yes, and uh, thank God for the men who uh, bled and uh, gave all that we could have this opportunity that we have today. It's a wonderful thing. I tell you, there's a lot of things going on that I do not uh, agree with, I do not appreciate, and I am not for, but I am thankful that I am an American still today, still the best place in the world to live. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. 
We don't want to take our, our privileges and uh, the opportunity that we have for granted and uh, never forget the price that was paid. And uh, so in this week of celebration, there'll be a lot of people that celebrate the wrong way. And uh, they think that you have to have something in the bottle or something in a crack pipe or something that you swallow or something that you would uh, inject to have a good time. So uh, be very careful wherever you go, whatever you're doing. Watch out for those who are not watching out for themselves. Uh, protect your family. Keep your family close. And uh, be very careful and have a great time. And uh, ask God's protection over our families and our church family. And uh, so remember that. Also, uh, we want to pray for Brother Matthew. Brother Matthew is off on a little missions trip this week and uh, been working on this all year and left uh, I believe it was Thursday that he left Thursday or Friday and uh, be gone the rest of the week ask God to protect him and uh, ask God to uh, help him and strengthen him on this trip and uh, I'm sure he'll see uh, some things that he's never seen before I think this is the first time he's ever been on an airplane and uh, I know that was quite an experience. I've been on one many, 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 many times, and it's still quite an experience for me. It gives me a rush every time I get on one. But anyway, pray for him, and uh, he'll be uh, coming home safe and sound. And uh, so pray for all of our missionaries today. And uh, it was a privilege to have Brother and Sister Smith here with us this past weekend and Wednesday night. We had a wonderful time in the Lord, enjoyed the wonderful singing, piano playing. I tell you, it's, it's more fun to watch him than it is to hear him. And uh, so we, we enjoyed ourselves and uh, enjoyed the word of God. He, he uh, spoke to us Tuesday night, and uh, we do uh, appreciate them. And I, I tell you what, being around him, his burden and his desire for the mission field, is, uh, it's just amazing. And uh, I told him, I said, Brother Smith, you're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. Unless a bright light shines out from heaven and tells me to go to Ethiopia, I am not going. So you might as well give up. And for all of you that were so willing and, and uh, ready to give your offering to get me to Ethiopia, I hope you was giving enough to get me back. But I'm not going. Forget it. Save your money. And, uh, but I do appreciate those who have a burden and have a desire and uh, love God and want to see this message broadcast across this world. Thank God for it. Amen. Amen. I want to give more to missions. I want to send more to missions. And uh, maybe God will be uh, pleased with that. Hopefully very much so. And uh, so remember those announcements, youth camp is coming up. And uh, all of you young people going to youth camp, I, I do encourage all of you parents, the junior youth camp, encourage your junior campers to go. And uh, I'm just killing time waiting on the rest of Sunday school class, but I guess they're not coming in. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7, youth camp coming up the 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're going to go have a great time in the Lord. And uh, I tell you what, it would be good for some of you parents to come over and support our youth. And our, our, this is the younger bunch. Support them and uh, help us pray and uh, see some of those younger ones filled with the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter number 7, verses 1 through number 5. Very familiar passage of scripture. I'm sure that when you read this first verse, uh, you've heard this quoted, and uh, they a lot of people like to quote this in a negative form. But uh, I want to preach from this subject this morning. Starts out by saying, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? 
Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Now, without saying, how many had anyone in mind when you read that scripture? <laughs> Lord bless you, you may be seated. <laughs> be sure to keep that to yourself. <laughs> don't let that, uh, <clears throat> don't let that. We, uh, when you hear that word where Jesus said, thou hypocrite. <clears throat> A lot of people's got somebody tagged with that name. And, uh, but, but I want to talk to you this morning from this subject. And uh, I've been, I've been uh, uh, my wife and myself has had a terrible coughing going on at our home. And um, I did not get to go see Sister Robbie when she was in the hospital because her immune system is down so low. And I didn't want to give her what we have got. I think this is going on the third week. I told her, I said, we sound like a bunch of dogs with heartworms. We're a hacking and a coughing. And uh, so I might go a little bit slower this morning, kind of uh, in a teaching mode. But, man, I get excited every once in a while and I can't help myself. But I want to talk to you from this subject this morning, being part of the body. Being part of the body. When we talk about the body, there's a lot uh, that we can say about this natural body. It is an amazing piece of work that God has put together. I do not think uh, for one moment that we evolved from something that God had already created. They say that we evolved from this and we evolved from that. I believe that. Uh, we are a part of the creation of God. And uh, I'm sure that everyone in this house would agree with me on that. So no need to deal uh, and spend much time in that area. But we were created in the very image of God. When God uh, spoke the world into existence, he spoke light into existence. He spoke dry ground into existence. He... Uh, he made things. He spoke all of these things. But when it come to man, he reached down in the dirt that he had created and he formed man in his own image. And uh, God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. That is the reason why your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. Because it has the breath of God breathed into it and it will not die. The body is going to die, but the breath that it God breathed into man, and man became a living soul, a never-dying soul, that you are going to spend eternity somewhere, so it's very important that you plan and get prepared to spend eternity in the right place. My desire is today to spend eternity with the Lord. But when you talk about the body, it is very, uh, very amazing. It is very complex. And people spend uh, many, 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 many years uh, studying the body where they can work on the body and they can fix things that goes wrong with the body. And uh, so, uh, but when we talk about this body that, uh, that I am speaking of today, I want to talk about the body as being the church of God. Uh, and uh, so, so a lot of people look at, at things and they commence to uh, uh, cast judgment. How many has ever looked at something and automatically cast a judgment? This is my judgment. This is what I see. This is what I declare. This is what I think. And uh, this is my feeling on the situation. I've already cast a judgment. 
And uh, when someone makes a judgment, it's very hard to overturn that judgment and that opinion and what you feel about a situation. And there's a lot of people in the world who are very wishy-washy and they can't seem to make up their mind, but I am thankful that people uh, can make up their mind and come to a conclusion and, and pick something and stand by. But I hope those folks that, that do that uh, has picked the right direction and the right thing. But they, uh, there is always those who are very critical to everything that goes on. And they're critical to, uh, very quick to criticize everything that happens. I have found that those who are very quick to criticize and very critical of everything, I, I have found that, that most people who are critical of what the cook has cooked never has been a cook. And uh, they haven't spent a lot of time in the kitchen. And uh, I have seen people who uh, uh, go to places and they're very critical of the way that something looks. And uh, uh, very, boy, this, this house is dirty. Man, this restaurant is dirty. And I wouldn't eat there because it's dirty. And then you go to their house and you think, my goodness, that would be clean compared to where they live. But we won't get into all of that. But, but most of the time, those who criticize everything that goes on does absolutely nothing themselves. Because those who sit back and criticize the church very rarely are involved in anything that the church is doing. They, uh, they seem to uh, be totally satisfied with somebody else doing the work and then critiquing what they're doing. There's a lot of people that critique every, every word that the preacher says. And uh, they criticize everything that he says or does, but they've never been a preacher. <laughs> They've never got up in the front of people and, and uh, talked for 45 minutes. And I tell you, when you do that, you'll find yourself making some mistakes. And when you listen at yourself, you'll wonder sometimes, why did I say that? That didn't even go there. That didn't come out right. That wasn't presented correctly. But uh, it's very easy to be what they call an armchair quarterback. Amen. This is the way I would have thrown the ball. How couldn't couldn't he see that? My goodness, a blind man could have put it in a better position than that. But lots of you have never been there with 350 pound men bearing down on you and you running for your life. So it's uh, hard to determine what decision you would make. And uh, when you are cast into the fire, then you find out really what you are made of. There is those who would say that, man, I can't believe when you're talking about people who have stumbled and people have fallen. Let, let's, let's start out. Uh, you say you hope I've already started out, but, but let's, let's do this morning, this, this morning. Is anybody here that feels like that in your entire life you have never made a mistake? <laughs> we probably already made a few today. But you feel like that, that we have, uh, man, I have been perfect. Look at me, man, look at me. I'm doing good. Man, I got it under control. No, we all can find, and when you are asked, you can automatically think of something. Boy, that was a dumb one. Why did I do that? I can't understand what I was even thinking to make me do that. You ever... Have you ever said anything and about the time it comes out, you reach for it and try to put it back in your mouth? Uh, you know, you say it and it goes, ah, come, come back here, come back here. And, uh, but we have all found ourselves in that position. Now, this is what the Word of God has. It does not mean that we can't take a stand. It doesn't mean that you don't take the Word of God and make some decisions in your life. It says, but judge not that you be not judged. And then he says, whatever measure you judge a person, 
That's what measure is you are going to be judged by. Now, it doesn't say that you should never have a judgment call. That you should never make a decision in your life. But it says when you're making that decision, be careful because that judgment that you're casting out there, it's also going to be brought home. I have talked to many people that that come and say, oh, I can't believe so-and-so's talking about me. So-and-so mentioned that. They brought this up when I'm thinking, my Lord, you've been bringing things up for years. So it's just that the chickens have come home to roost. Because you are reaping what you have sown. There is, there is a message in what you sow you're going to reap. And uh, I tell you what, I, I don't like anybody talking about me. It hurts my feelings. I feel sometimes like that man that was asleep on Sunday morning. And uh, his uh, wife come in and woke him up and said, Aren't you going to church this morning? He said, I'm not going to church today. She said, Well, you need to go to church. He said, Just name me a few reasons why. Don't nobody down there like me. Everybody talks about me. Nobody wants to visit with me. Nobody cares anything about me. She said, well, number one, you ought to go because you love God. Number two, it's Sunday and you just go to church on Sunday. Number three, you are the pastor and they're expecting you to be there. So trust me, there is days like that in a preacher's life. But, but whatever judgment that we are judged, we are casting out, that is eventually going to come home to us. I have heard people that say, my goodness, I can't even believe they would show their face at the church because of some foolishness that they have done. But where else should they go but to church? My goodness, the only time they come to church is when they're in trouble. Where else do you go when you're in trouble? The local tavern don't have the answer. The local shrink doesn't have the answer. But that's where you go when you're having problems is in the house of God. Now I hope that we come when everything is going well. But there are those who sit around and critique and criticize and, and judge. Well, I wonder if somebody shows up to church, I wonder what kind of problem they have now. Because they haven't been here in six months. So they must be having trouble because that's the only time they come to the house of God is when they have trouble. When what we should say is, I don't know and I don't care while they're here, why they are here, but all I'm concerned about is, I thank God that they finally come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Where else could we go? Because we all, if it was not for trouble in our life, there's a lot of people that would not be here today. But we had trouble and God shook us up and God got our attention so we come to the house of God. And a lot of people that's come because of trouble, because they had an addiction, because they did not have any money, because they did not have a job, because they did not have any hope in this world, they stumbled into the house of God. And today you have a job. Today you're here without addiction. Today you're here and your bills are paid. Amen. There has been people that come because of trouble who have made wonderful saints of God. There's been some of you that come that when your marriage was on the rocks. And you were headed for divorce court. And God put your marriage back together. Amen. There's some that of us today that would not be here if it was not for trouble. So be careful when we criticize people for coming to the house of God because of trouble. God will use people. God used people who were not perfect in the Bible. Let's go back and let's look over some of these folks that God used. We find that in the Bible, 
God used Jacob. Does anybody know what Jacob was? Jacob was a liar. Jacob was a thief. Jacob was called a supplanter. Amen. He was always trying to undermine. He was always trying, even in birth, he grabbed the heel of his brother in birth. Was oh I no 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 I know you're the firstborn but let me reach forward I want to be number one. Yeah. That's that's just that's what the Bible says about him. We find him coming in or him stirring a pot of soup one day. His brother comes in. His own brother comes in, and he says, "Man, I'm hungry. I'm about to die. I need something to eat." Now, how many of you would say, "Okay, Bubba, I love you so much." I'll save your life if you'll give me your birthright. Boy, what kind of brother is that? Here he is there. Man, man, I'm hungry. I'm I'm starving. I'm, I'm burning up. I need help. I need food. Can you imagine your brother or your sister being in a lake drowning? And you're standing there and you have a life. A vest or, or, or a buoy in your, your hand and you have the rope there and he's screaming, help me, help me, help me. Somebody save me. Come on, brother, help me. And you say, hey, give me your new truck. All right. Give me your new house. If you'll sign over your house to me, I'll throw you the lifeline. Now look at that. That's what Jacob was doing. That was, not, that was not a godly thing to do at all. But he said, hey, if you'll give me your birthright, I got a good old bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. And Esau said, I don't care. Take it. I'm about to die. Give me something to eat. So then we find that that was not the end. <clears throat> he got his birthright. But then he got his, his blessing. His blessing from his father. His mother calls him in and they kill a goat and he puts hair on his arms. He takes his brother's coat and he puts them on where he would smell like him. Where he would feel like him. And he walks in and his daddy says, who is it? He said, I'm Esau. Lies to his own daddy. Man, what kind of evil person is that? Deceives his own daddy. So bad that his daddy gave him the blessing and blessed him and said, Your brother is going to serve you. Only for a few moments later, Esau coming in and, and the father realizing what he had done. He's running for his life. And then still, he finds a place to rest. And he's trying to bargain with God. Now God, if you'll keep me in the way that I go, and you'll do this for me, and you'll do that for me, and you'll bless me to come back to this place. I know you're not swinging from the chandeliers this morning. I told you I'd go a little bit slower, but please hear what I've got to say. You, if you'll bring me back to this place, God, then he's bargaining with God. Then I'm going to serve you. Then my Father's God will become my God. But until then, oh no. But you know what God did? God looked over his, his foolishness. And wherever he went, God kept him. And God blessed him. When he was in the house, house of his soon-to-be father-in-law, he worked seven years. You know what? He got upset when he got the wrong thing. But you know what he was getting? There's a payday someday. And so the judgment that he judged with was now coming back home. And he is deceived. Man, this lovely woman comes walking in. Has the veil over her face. Oh man, that looks like the love of his life. He's been working seven years. He's been sweating. He's been, he's been doing everything that, that his father-in-law Laban wanted him to do. Man, he had worked, he had worked, he had worked and pulled up the veil. Oh, what a surprise. The wrong one. And his father-in-law laughs at him and said, you got to work seven more years, buddy. Whoo, that's a good idea. <laughs> but, 
But here we go. Deception, deception followed him. And you look through Jacob's life. Although, although Jacob returned to Bethel and wrestled with an angel. And for there he was, he was changed forever. It changed the way he walked. When you have an encounter with God, it changes who you are into what God wants you to be. But God took somebody that was a liar. He took somebody that was a cheat. He took somebody that sold his own brother out. And he made a great man out of him. Amen. So you know what you say? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because he got an encounter with God. And it changed him. So be careful. God can use strange things. God used David. David was a great man. The greatest king of Israel still today. The greatest that Israel had ever had before him and only one before him. But even after him, the greatest king, David. David was a wonderful man. The scripture says that he was a man after God's own heart. But you know David failed miserably. David made a terrible mistake. David committed a sin that God absolutely hates and detests, the sin of adultery. But you know what? The preacher come to see him, and he tells him a story. You know what happened? David got mad. He said, the man that took this man's little lamb, he's going to have to pay. Oh, brother, he's going to have to pay. Fire was in David's eyes. And Nathan looked at him, the prophet of God, and said, Thou art the man. You're the man that I'm talking about. And immediately David realized what he had done. But you know what? The preacher told him what was wrong, and David repented. David changed his ways. Still there was a penalty to pay. David paid until his dying day for the sin that he had committed. The sword never left his house. You read about it, you'll find thing after problem after problem that occurred in his own family. But you know, David did something else one time that displeased God. And he was asked the question, this is what the prophet of God said, said, do you want to, do you want to be chased by your enemies? Do you want to fall into the hands of man? And you know what David said? Oh no! Don't let me fall into the hands of man. But I'm going to fall into the hands of a merciful God. Does that speak volumes for mankind and our God? God, whatever you do, don't let me fall into the hands of men. But I want to fall into your merciful hands. Because men can be cruel. Men can be cold. Men can be hard-hearted. Men, and I'm speaking of, as Brother Duplessis said, God didn't leave the women out. I'm speaking of mankind. Amen. We can be cruel. We can be cold. We can be hard. And God is a God of mercy and grace that would say, hey. Sometimes we would say, don't come back to our church. Oh, no, you devil, you reprobate, you sinful, you sinful, ungodly, and we get all self-righteous and keyed up and jumped up. and Oh, man, we get feeling bold, and God is saying, where are they going to go if they can't go and find mercy and grace at the house of God? We find there was a woman at the well where Jesus' disciples went into town to get provisions that they needed. Jesus is sitting on the well and there's a woman that comes up and she's beginning to get water and she offers him a drink and he said, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't be offering me a drink, but you'd be wanting me to give you a drink because I can give you drink of a well of living water. So the conversation starts up now and uh, Jesus is having a conversation with number one, a woman that, that the Jews would not talk to because of just who she was born. But then because of her sin. 
And Jesus, the subject comes up of marriage. And she says, oh, you know, I'm, he said, rightfully so. He said, but you've had five husbands and the one that you're with now, that's, that's, not, that's not your own. <laughs> Woo, Lord, wouldn't that be a disgrace to the church of God? But here the disciples come back and they see Jesus talking to this woman. Man, he's breaking every rule. He's breaking every tradition. He's, he's talking to this woman, this evil woman. Don't he know who she is? Another place, there's a woman that falls down in a crowd and begins to wipe his feet with the hair of her head. Simon is sitting there. He said, doesn't, if he's a prophet of God, surely he knows who this woman is. He would not allow her even in his presence, let alone to touch him. But Jesus, being the merciful judge, he said, be careful, judge, not that you be not judged. For whatever measure you judge, that measure you're also going to be judged by. Another place, the scripture says, such were some of you, but you have been washed. You have been cleansed. Some of you were adulterers. Some of you were fornicators. Some of you were drunks. Some of you were drug addicts. But... What you have been washed. Not that we're better than a man stumbling down the street this morning. Not that we're better than a person sleeping under the roadside bridge. Such were some of you. But thank God we made it to church. And thank God that when we made it to church... There was a church that was there to reach out the hand of fellowship and say, we've got what you need. And what you need is in the altar of God. God can wash you. God can change you. God can make you into what God wants you to be. You're going to find it at the house of God. Amen. Amen. I can remember a story that my daddy told, and I've told it here before, and I'll tell it again. And I, If you just hang on, I'll tell it later. So I'm going to keep telling it. But he received the Holy Ghost. He was so excited. He had jumped. He had worshipped. He was sweating. Oh man, he had a smile on his face. And he walked down the aisle of the church. And there was two dearly beloved sisters, elders of the church. <laughs> and as he walks by and he's just having a good old time, he hears one say, I've seen him jig in, and I've seen him jig out, and he won't last long. To some, that would be very detrimental. If somebody would have said that about you when you walked out with a smile on your face, you'd have said, oh no, everybody here is just like everybody in the world. Ooh. People's the same here as they are in the world. Man, they go to a bar and everybody's friends and then they all start fighting. They jump on each other and they fight and they kick and they snort and they scream and they curse one another. Let it not be so in the house of God. But this is a place where you're going to find friends. This is a place where you're going to find safety. This is a place where you're going to feel a hand on your back, not with the knife in it. But an open hand said, brother, sister, you're going to make it. I've got faith in you. Man, you're going to be a saint of God. God's got great, great things for you. God's called you out of a world of darkness into his marvelous light. If there's anything I can do, just let me know. I want to help you make it on your journey. Woo, I know it's slow and it's quiet, but that's good preaching right there. I don't care who you are. Amen. But to some, that would be devastating. But my daddy's testimony was, he, he had a little different chemical makeup than most. He said, it stirred something up in me. He said, if I ever get depressed, if I ever get down and out, if I ever want to quit, I'm going to think about what that woman said about me. And I'm going to live for God and make it to heaven just to spite her. But you know how many times have people been destroyed by saints? Ooh. Instead of helped, instead of picked up, 
when somebody stumbles, when somebody falls, there should be a saint of God there to pick them up. Hey, brother, man, don't stop now. Don't quit now. But so many times there's somebody there to kick you when you fall. And when you stumble, get up and get out of the way. If you don't get up and get out of the way, well, bless God, we'll run all over you and stomp all over you and spit on you while we're doing it. That's not what God has called the church to do. But the body of Christ is a body fitly joined together. That we are helping, that we are encouraging, that we are lifting up, that we are promoting. There's no big eyes and little U's, but we're all working together for the kingdom of God and for His purpose. On and on and on we can go, we can find that there was a prodigal that walked out, that spent his, his daddy's hard-earned money on righteous living. He backslid, in other words. He, he walked away from the place of safety. He walked away from the church. But when he was busted and disgusted, the scripture said that he came to himself. And he said, hey, I've got to get back to daddy's house. You know, we have a beautiful example of the way things should and should not be. We have a beautiful example of a father that was standing there with open arms and said, let's, let's kill the fatted calf. My son who was lost has come home. He was gone. I know, I know he got dirty. I know he got stinky. I know he got nasty. I know he sinned. I know he done wrong. But now he has come home. Let's have a celebration. Because he's come back into the fold and there was a self-righteous brother that said, my goodness, I've been here all the time. Nobody got excited and run the aisles because I prayed through. Nobody got excited because I showed up to church. Nobody cares about me because I've been faithful to God. And he's all mad and he's puffed up. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's having a party. Why are we celebrating? Because the prodigal has come home. But we have a brother over there that's so mad. He's so upset. He's so, the smoke's coming out his ears. And it was told. And his father said, why can't you rejoice? I've done all of this all my life. And you've never had a celebration like this for me. But son... Everything that I have belongs to you. Man, everything that God has belongs to the church. How could we get upset? How could we get disgruntled? How could we get mad? How could we get depressed when everything that God has belongs to us? It's always been yours. It's always going to be yours. I'm not taking anything away from you to give to somebody else. But we are offering a, 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 an escape route for somebody else to come into the fold. To come into the house of safety. Amen. There's some people, there is some people that do not want anybody else in their church. They might take your seat. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. They might bump us over. They might, they might get a little closer to God than you are. They might have a... Man, help us. God, I wish, I wish we had so many people here that I had to stand up in church all the time. Help us, God. It doesn't matter if they're drug addicts. It doesn't matter if they're prostitutes. It doesn't matter what walk of life they... It doesn't matter if they're a rebellious backslider. Come back into the house of God. This is the place you need to be. This is where you're going to find help. This is where you're going to find a hand on your back trying to help, trying to strengthen, trying to encourage. Amen. Amen. Let it not be said amongst us. Now we're going to get on, get on down where the rubber meets the, the dirt road today. Let it not be said that we, we will get on some kind of 
networking program and talk about your failures. Criticize you for your mistakes. Get on the phone and talk about what you have done. Let our spiritual fingers do the walking in the wee hours of the morning because we just have a burden so much that everybody ought to know. There's some things that should not be discussed among us. There's things in your life that you don't want discussed among us. There's things that you should not be discussing amongst. Oh, praise God. This is good preaching right here. I tell you, brother, that's, that's the real stuff. But help us, God. How can we say that we are the body of Christ when we're... I believe I'll just cut that finger off right there. Yes, sir. I don't need that one no more. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there, there be no divisions among you, but that you be, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The body of Christ is a body that should be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. You say, why do you preach this? I preach this because the Apostle Paul was preaching it in a letter he wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, there's, there's problems among you. There's, there's divisions. If we're not careful, we will bite and devour one another. We will bite, bite against one another. We will criticize one another. We will judge one another. We will cast our judgment. But be careful, be careful that we are not consumed one of another. Like David said, God, let me fall into the hands of a just God, but keep me out of the hands of man. I don't want you judging me. I don't want you saying what goes. And I don't want you saying when I have to do this and when I have to do that. God, please, I'd rather be judged by you because I know that you will have mercy. God does not have a hidden agenda. God's agenda is to get us from here to glory. That should be the church's agenda. All I'm worried about is getting from here to heaven. And I want to carry somebody with me when I go. Amen. I want people hanging on to my coattail when I go. I want people holding my hand. Hey, let's all get in this and let's all go to heaven together. We ain't got time to worry about your faults and your mistakes and your failures and your shortcomings. Amen. But we put it out before God and say, God, help us get to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. I will read this today. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit were you all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of that one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased who? Him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, 
much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness for our comely parts have no need but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the parts that lacked, that there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should, should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Are one member honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. How many has ever been driving a nail? And you take that hammer and this finger is holding that finger and that thumb right there. It's got that nail just right. And this hand over here is saying, I'm going to hit that nail on top of the head and get it started. We go... Because you miss the right nail and hit the wrong nail. But you know what this hand automatically does? It throws a hammer down. And it reaches. And it grabs that thumb. And it holds it. And it cradles it. And your mouth will start kissing it. Your mind and your mouth may say, You stupid thing, you! Why did you do that? But you know, never have I had that to happen. That my left hand would reach into my pocket and get my knife. Because I always have a knife. Every good man carries a knife. Just thought I'd drop that in on you. And get my knife and say, just because you hit me, buddy, I'm fixing to cut your wrist. I'm getting rid of you because I don't need you any longer. You hurt me. You evil, unthankful, ungrateful, unholy character that you are. No, we don't do that in the body because we're many members, but we're still one body. But the body tries to protect, it tries to hold, it tries to help heal. And you know what your body will do? Energy from your body will go to heal that thumb that you just busted open. To fight off infection, your blood will go to fight off infection because it wants to get it well, it wants to take care of it. Why? Because I'm going to need that thumb. And the reason why this thumb don't want to get rid of this hand is because it's going to need this hand. We need each other. We need each other. We need people that God would send us. <clears throat> we need people who are not as well as we are. Where the body can wrap around them and nurse them to the health that God wants them to be. A body that is perfectly joined together. I can remember a few years ago, and I'm not through, but I'm going to quit because I know I've been going quite a while. But I can remember a few years ago, I never really thought of this, but it is pretty amazing what your brain tells you to do, and it just, it just operates. You know, I don't even have to think about moving my hand. I move my mouth and my hand starts going. Amen. Especially when I move it this way, my mouth starts going. Some of you's ready for that about right now. Thank God the men had breakfast over there. We're all good. We can stay here all day long. We had eggs and sausage and bacon and burritos and you should have been there. You wouldn't be hungry right now. But but our where was I? <clears throat> but me and my brother, no, I wasn't. I just said I was going to. I'm not ready to. But my, me and my brother was fishing. He said, check this out. He said, watch this. I want to throw over there by that log. And he had taken, he had cast over there by that log. He said, ain't that amazing? 
I said, you're so goofy. He said, watch this. I want to throw right over there under that tree. And you take it and throw it right over there under that tree. He said, whatever my brain tells my arm to do, it just does it. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Because we are one body, but we're many members. Now, if we had two or three brains, they'd be arguing with each other. Some of us do that anyway. If we can't find anybody to argue with, we'll argue with ourselves. But, yeah, it did. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. I think it. No, it ain't right. You know that's right. No, it ain't right. And we're just arguing with ourselves. But, but you, you tell it. You just, you just think it in it. And it just goes. Your eyes just move. Man, that's pretty amazing. Because it's many members, but still one body. Amen. It has one control. And when we are the body of Christ, God is in control of the body. And whatever God wants the body to do, the body starts moving, the body starts working, and the body starts reaching. God says we are His body. We are to reach the lost. That's what He called us out of a world of darkness to shine forth the light of Jesus Christ and to a dark world. We are the body, so He has called us to work and to move and to go and to do what God has called us to do, but never... Has God called us to sit in the judgment seat of Christ? Some things are not worth talking about. Some things should not be discussed. Some things the Apostle Paul said, let it not be mentioned among you. But let mercy, let grace, and let love abound in the body of Christ. They get ready to sing. I'm going to quit in the next 30 minutes. <clears throat> but when one member suffers, when one member suffers, the body is suffering. I remember a few years ago, I had a hangnail. And that thing got infected. And my finger swelled up. And my fingernail come off. And it hurt. It hurt. It hurt. It didn't matter what I was doing. I was thinking about that hurt that was going on with that finger. Just a little bitty, my, my little baby finger. Little bitty hangnail. Little bitty fingernail. Wasn't much. But it was hurting. And it was making my whole body miserable. Because it was part of the body. I didn't think, hey, I think I'll just cut it off and get it out of its misery. No, you know what I've done? This hand that was well would go over and put stuff on this one to try to get this one well. Try to take care of this one. Put a nice little bandage around it. Take real good care of it. And nurse it back to health until it felt healthy again. What would happen in the body of Christ? I want you to think about this this morning. What would happen in the body of Christ if that's the attitude that we had? The same attitude that we take with our natural body. That when it's hurting, automatically all members focus, all members work, all members strive to get that member back in working order again. Instead of running to judgment and saying the only reason why they're here, they got problems. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it happened sooner or later. We're all human. And you know, as well as I know, that thought has run across our mind many a time. There's times that it, that it crosses all of our minds. Oh, Lord. Here we go again. Round number 15. There's been some that come to church and pray and when they pray through I want to get something and knock them out where they can go on into glory because I feel like that's the only way they'll be saved I got to get them when they're in the altar send them on to the glory world because it can't seem from one Sunday to the next Sunday but you know what I do when I go to the prayer room it says God man I just feel like there's no hope and they come back to the altar and my heart breaks within me again. 
and I realize, hey, that's a hurting member of the body of Christ. Help us, God. Help us. I know nobody in here this morning needs help in that area. But I'm just preaching to the choir today. Some of you probably want to get CDs and send them to people who are on vacation and not able to be here today where they can have this message. I want to tell you, <laughs> you might get cut off by part of the body. <laughs> but we have all faced this time where it's very, very, very easy to be critical. It's very easy to cast judgment. But God, help us today as we all stand. They seem. Why don't we take a few moments just to reach our hands toward heaven? This body of Christ is the greatest body that you could ever be part of. And I am, I am, I am so, so thankful. I'm so thankful that I'm able to be part of the body of Christ.